Hampstead, May 23rd, 1821. My dear Fanny, I find by my pocket book it is above three weeks since I received your letter, and I am afraid you must have thought me neglectful in not writing before. But as I have been staying that time in London, and wished, when I did write, to mention several things, I put it off till I should be by myself at home. In the first place, only think of that Mrs. Abbey, after her promises to my mother, behaving as she has done. Not that I expected anything better from her. Oh, my dear, what a woman for a girl to be brought up with. The description I have had of her manners and conversation has quite shocked me. For you to look forward to three years more of it is dreadful. I find from my mother that Mrs. Dilk was foolish enough to mention me to her in the way I so much wished to avoid, but she appeared to know it already, and my mother suspects from other things that passed that she has read some of our letters. Do you think it possible that she or any one of the family could get at them? You must know best. If you are sure it could not be the case, I shall know my mother was mistaken, and that Mrs. A must have obtained her knowledge by some other means. For you see, she was better acquainted with Mrs. Cornish than you supposed. Indeed, I should not have mentioned it at all, but to put you on your guard. Should my opinion of her ever come to her ears, she would prevent all intercourse between us, and really I could hardly blame her for so doing. When you write... Mention some day for your being in town with the hour you are sure of Mr. Abbey being at home, and I will try what I can do with him. If there is any better plan you can think of, if it would be better to call on Mr. Abbey when you are not in town, I will do that. I wish you more than ever to be with me, were it but for a short time, which it shall not be if I can persuade him to anything. Do you not think, my dear, a little complacence or civility on your part might do something? Uh, but perhaps you dare not sound him on the subject. And if it would be very unpleasant to you, do not attempt it. At all events, I shall wait for your letter before I do anything. I thought, when I began to write, that I had a great deal to say. And now I find I have half filled this letter without a word of what I had intended. I have not mentioned your brother. To no one but you would I mention him. I will suffer no one but you to speak to me of him. They are too uninterested in him to have any right to mention what is to you and me so great a loss. I have copied a letter from Mr. Seven, giving an account of the last days of his life. No one knows I have it but you. And I had not sealed it up, as I thought you might wish to see it. But if you do, you must prepare for great pain. If you would rather not make yourself again unhappy, do not read it. I think you will be wise. It took me a long time to write. I have not looked at it since nor do I mean to do so at present. But I mention it to you because though it gives pain, it also gives a certain kind of pleasure in letting us know how glad he was to die at the last. Dear Fanny, 
No one but you can feel with me. All his friends have forgotten him. They have got over the first shock, and that with them is all. They think I have done the same, which I do not wonder at, for I have taken care never to trouble them with any feelings of mine. But I can tell you who next to me, I must say next to me, loved him best, that I have not got over it, and never shall. It's better for me that I should not forget him, but not for you. You have other things to look forward to, and I would not have said anything about him, for I was afraid of distressing you, but I did not like to write to you without telling you how I felt about him, and leaving it to you whether the subject should be mentioned in our letters. In a letter you sent me some time ago, you mentioned your brother George in a manner that made me think you had been misled about him. He is no favourite of mine, and he never liked me, so that I am not likely to say too much in his favour from affection for him. But I must say I think he is more blamed than he should be. I think him extravagant and selfish, but people in their great zeal make him out much worse than that. Soon after your brother Tom died, my dear John wrote to him offering him any assistance or money in his power. At that time he was not engaged to me, and having just lost one brother, felt all his affection turned towards the one that remained. George, I dare say at first, had no thoughts of accepting his offers, but when his affairs did not succeed, and he had a wife and one child to support, with the prospect of another, I cannot wonder that he should consider them first and as he could not get what he wanted without coming to England, he unfortunately came. By that time your brother wished to marry himself, but he could not refuse the money. It may appear very bad in George to leave him sixty pounds when he owed eighty, but he had many reasons to suppose the inconvenience would not last long. Your brother had a book of poems nearly ready to come out, which his illness kept back till the summer. He had a tragedy which Mr. Brown calculated his share of would be about £200, and he was writing a story which, had he lived to finish, would, if the others failed, make up for it. At least so everyone imagined. George could not foresee his illness. He might be a cause of the dreadful consequences, but surely a very indirect and accidental one. At the same time I cannot defend him, Lately his behaviour has been very selfish, and I may say shuffling. As to his returning the money, I don't believe he has ever had it in his power to return a farthing, or ever will have. That may not be his fault. The person who suffered most never thought so very badly of it. He used to say, George ought not to have done this, he should have recollected that I wished to marry myself but I suppose having a family to provide for makes a man selfish. They tell me that latterly he thought worse of George, but I own I do not believe it. One thing is against him. I don't think he could ever have supposed it would be in his power to return the money, at the best not for many years. His brother never expected it at all. He always said he would not succeed. If, when I write again, I think of anything for or against him, I shall mention it, for I wish at any rate to put you on your guard. I have said I think him selfish, and I am afraid whenever you have your money in your own power you will find him troublesome. 
but my dear girl, be very cautious. Be warned by what has already happened, and remember he is extravagant, at least everyone says so. I don't know whether you will be able to connect and read all this. Write as soon as you can. Ever your affectionate sister and friend, Fanny.